back, relax, and strap it down. And we back. 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 Welcome to the Strap It Down White Sox podcast. This is Suds. Gentlemen, I got the Schwab in the house. I got JT. It's been too long, boys. First episode of the year, April 7th. We're eight games into the season. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? It was a lot better until uh, we decided to not get him out today. 29 runs in the last two games is pretty rough. But How, How many hits? 39, I believe it was. That it was, was that the graphic way, on the TV, Schwabby? too many. I mean, it was 39 like, hits in two games. It was like 17 today. I think it was rough. The 2023 White Sox taking after the 2022 <laughs> White Sox. <laughs> every, yeah, you guys remember every night that we would do a podcast last year, we just it, it was our, all anger. But you know what? We're gonna well. start. We're gonna start this season with a little bit of optimism and some happiness because Dude, you know what? Baseball's baseball's back. I get to go to my first game in a couple weeks. I'm excited. I get to have a beer, sit in the seats, watch these bums play baseball. But... Yeah, you could have a beer for an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so that, we'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, I, I, I got questions. I, I got lots of questions about that one. <laughs> All right, so I, I got I to fall on the sword here because the, it was it was because of me that we got such a late start to the year. I'm still in my busy se- season right now, so... Apologies to the crew, but happy that we got together on a Friday night. Wait, I thought this was our job. Yeah, I well, we're missing an important member of the crew. Thanks for bringing that up, JT. <laughs> DJP Mush, our guy, he just went MIA. I don't know what happened. He was supposedly available and, and didn't answer the call when, <laughs> when we sent out the invite. <laughs> So we're we're rolling with three tonight. You cannot put that on. What, what do you mean? We're we're. <laughs> uh, he didn't answer the bell. We'll get him next week. He's he's a important <coughs> member of this crew. So we'll we'll for sure get him next week. Boys, we got a good segment list. And the first episode of the year, JT, you sent out some questions. We're gonna run through them right now. We're gonna do a little off season review. We got five questions that we're going to run down and i'm going to start with the schwabby question number one coming out hot here we're going to do some predictions i want number of wins for the white Sox. now you know we got a little taste in our mouth now from the first week and a half three and five but i want number of wins and then also what we're going to do is where do you where do we place in the division so it's funny like you know i think we are all creatures of the moment had you asked me this question before the season, my answer would have been one thing. Had you answered me, asked me this question coming out of the Astros series, I would have had another. Um, I'm going to try to try to lean back to that for my win prediction. I'm going to say 86, uh, and I'm going to say second in the division. Uh, I think we're all feeling a little feeling a certain way after this Pirates game. Are we going to make the playoffs? 86 is questionable. It's questionable. Uh, I'm going to say yes just because I want to do another two weeks of this. 
No, I, I want an absolute answer from you right now. I don't want I'm yes, just gonna yes, say Yes, we're gonna make the we're gonna make the playoffs. Love it. Because I'm right with you. I think we I got I got our White Sox winning ninety games this year and I got them winning the division. I, I you know almost what? won eighty eight. I was eighty eight to start the year, and I've been eighty six after uh after these last couple games. Th- this week hasn't been it, it hasn't given me a ton of hope, but in terms of the win win and loss record, but I will say I love how we're playing the game of baseball right now. I think if you listened to our podcast last year, you heard how distraught we were at just the the quality and the type of baseball that we were playing. We looked lackadaisical. We didn't look like we cared. We didn't look like we wanted to be there. We had a manager that was sleeping in the dugout. <laughs> That's actually literally, sleeping literally, literally in legitimately the sleeping asleep. in the dugout. And you know what? I've I've watched ever I've watched seven of the eight games to start the year, and I like what I see. I mean, <sighs> you got guys running balls out to first base. You got guys diving in the infield. You got guys diving in the outfield. You got guys stealing bases. I mean, TA yeah, stole TA second. Awesome. He, he stole two bases today. The guy, I'm putting this out there right now. Tim Anderson is going to steal 40 bases this year, and he's going to he's going to turn himself into one of the top four shortstops in the major leagues because he has a chip on his shoulder because he doesn't get looked at like that. I hope so. And he is. And I think we got huge years coming from What's your win Tim total? Anderson and Luis Robert. 90 wins. 90. And we win the we win the Central. How long have you guys been drinking today since 1 p.m.? I started at 3. Uh, about 1 p.m. But <laughs> I, took a, I took a two-hour break. In there. I did not take a th- two-hour break. <laughs> Well, so same same amount of time then. We might as well call this segment the PMA segment. So I'm gonna go 88 wins, and I, I and I think we win the division too. All right. So and I've only had a drink when you guys showed up tonight. That's impressive. All right, but so it was a it was a very strong. We're gonna drink. do this right now. How much money are we putting on the White Sox over win total? What's, what's, what's the number? It. I think Fanduel Fanduel's got it about. 78 and a half. I want to 78 and a half. That's I, I will tell you right now, we're going to put in a live strap it down yeah, podcast hold, hold, hold over on. win bet. Like for the remainder of the season, or that was at the beginning of the year, 78. Dude, the, the, the nerds are down on the White Sox. I, I just want confirmation 78 and a half. I don't, I don't bet sports. I don't bet sports, but uh, that might make me so become a gambler. I, well, I, I did I did wager on did. the White Sox that have the most wins in the MLB. I think that was like All right, 25 the, the Sox to are plus three twenty to win the division. I can't plus three twenty. That's embarrassing. We're putting a hundred on it right now. Yeah, who's podcast, the favorite? Right? The Guardians. Yeah, I, absolutely. Twenty five a guy. See if Quan beats us again, you might as well just. <laughs> we, we we're call gonna, it, we're call gonna it stop playing baseball if uh, that happens. Okay, All right. so right, hundred hundred dollar bet submitted. Sox win the AL Central. Venmo you right now. All right, so 33. Well, are he's mushing or not? Yeah, mush is in for 25 bucks. <laughs> are we sure? Nah, we're saying? putting him in. His nickname is Mush for a reason. <laughs> if not, I think we, can, I think we right. can cover the additional $8.33. Okay, 33 each. <laughs> he did make the logo, the new logo, which is sick, by the yes, way. Yes, we're coming out with a new logo. I want to give a shout-out to my... My buddy Ian Burns for putting it into 
the digital space for us. He did an incredible job. Yeah, and shout did, out to awesome shout out job. to Mush for both of those guys drawing it up and and giving him advice. <laughs> I just paid you. <laughs> all right, we're, so we're we're gonna have merch coming online. Hell if yeah! You, if y'all are interested, we're coming out hot. I like that. I like it a lot. So all right, next question: Team MVP. Team Cy Young. I mean, the Cy Young is just like that's too easy. So I, yeah, I mean, I think who's the team MVP, and we can't say Dylan sees. So again, had you asked me this question last week, I would have said Aloy. Um, right oh, now, but Aloy's injured again. Shocking, I know. How does he uh, just... Dude, I, he's got like. Can we start a GoFundMe to just give him someone else's hamstrings? I'll I donate mean, seriously. My... I don't know if what mine's much better, it? but mine, I'll donate mine. I mean, how, but how can I show up to a Tuesday softball game without running in forever, sprint my balls off and slide and dive and <laughs> whatever the fuck it takes I'm asking dude to, I, to win a Tuesday night softball game while man. drinking six beers and not pull my hamstring? Did anyone see how he got hurt, by the way? No, he finished that game, and then he got benched the maybe next day. That's, maybe that's what Eloy needs to do. He needs to have a couple of beers during the game. Maybe that will help him out. Um, so let's put him in touch with Mark Burley, and then we're rocking. So I think if I'm, if I'm going Team MVP, um, I think there's one obvious, and there's one who I would like to pick, but I'm going to pick Timmy. Um, oh, nice. He is the catalyst right. of this team. We go as Timmy goes. I think that's always been the thing. Uh, if that dude is batting... You know, three twenty and and running and, and and moving around the bases. I mean, Timmy is Timmy is this is the team. He is the vocal leader. He is the spirit of this team. Uh, if the Sox are going to accomplish anything, Timmy's got to have a good year. So that was going to be my pick. <coughs> I draft. Well, well, I apologize. I drafted him. I got him too. The third too. round of my fantasy. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of a stretch. I, I think I actually got him in the fifth. But regardless, I drafted him higher than he was ranked. And as you said, and as Stoney says, as Timmy goes, the White Sox go. And so while I do think he's the most important person on our team, I think our MVP this year is Yoan Mankata. And we've said that for Yo, we, we talked you stole a lot. My pick. We talked a lot of shit about him last year. And JT he, he's the one it. he's the one guy that's that's never showed us what he can truly be. Started out, he played great in the World Baseball Classic. He started out the year hot. I think he wants it. I think he's done with all the naysayers, and I think he wants to shove it up of everyone's ass. I hope so. And he's I been think looking damn good, by the way. I think he hits two ninety, hits twenty five bombs, and drives in ninety to hundred runs. So it's a huge year if he does. You, you know what was a turning point for me on you on you. I think it was the second Ta- game. Tao got shut down? Yeah, well, we need Tao shut down, obviously. <laughs> Schwab, come on. If Tao gets shut down, then <coughs> my my $25 bet to win 5K on Yohan to win the MVP is going to hit. But we can't shut down a club downtown. What were his odds? It was, I got it. I, I literally bet $24 to win like 4700 So I'll send you guys the bet. But Mankata. I think it was game two. You remember when nobody out and he tried to turn the double into a triple? Everyone was pissed about it. I, was I actually, loved it. Yeah, I wasn't even that mad. It was like, I haven't seen Johan run this hard in like three years. Last year, he wouldn't have run out of the box yeah. and he would have barely gotten to second base. <laughs> yeah, like, man, he got a double? That's amazing. 
Do you remember the okay. COVID year when he had like a, I think he had a triple in the COVID year and he looked like he was going to die on the, on the dugout? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had dugout, COVID like, like they're killed waving, his career. They're waving him, they're, you know, they're got the towel trying to like cool him down. Guy looks like he's on the verge of death. Yeah, so the irony of all that is like the first time Mankata hustles in three years cost us a run because then the next guy up that was when Yaz hit the home run yeah. I remember. well so <laughs> i want to tell you this we're I, i'm sitting with my friend and my girlfriend at my house for opening day i made brats had got a bunch of beers i was like who wants to come over you know watch socks opening day i look at my buddy and i go this is a Yaz home run coming right here he goes oh, i go i go you hate Yaz. i hate Yaz, but you know what Every time he lets a wild pitch or a pass ball by yeah. or a wild like something gets by him <laughs> and he gives up a run, the next at bat he hits a home run. So I look at him so he did that in that game, and then I look at my buddy and go, This is a home run here. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. And he he immediately tries to say that I saw it before it happened because <laughs> of the stream. And like I I showed the phone, but I called it. I think Yaz is in for a big year. He was hurt last year. I mean, if he hits if he hits twenty five home runs this year, we're gonna have a good year. I think he was hurt. That last year was 100%. like you look that stat line last year, that's like one of the worst stat lines and that that was Adam Dunn esque the first year he was in Chicago. It was. With it was less por- power. It was worse. Arguably worse. I don't know. Adam Dunn is my least favorite White Sox player of all time. Dude, compare the stat lines, man. It was bad. Him and Yo, too. Between Mankata, the fact that we won 81 games with Mankata being atrocious, Yaz forgetting how to play baseball. And not having any outfielders in the outfield that can actually play defense. Robert played 40 games with one wrist. He legitimately (laughs) played 40 games with one wrist. Just because we couldn't catch a fly ball otherwise. Yeah, he couldn't swing the bat. I mean, like, that was. That was the thing is that I don't think a single guy on last year's team, at least you know position player, like reached their career norms. Like everyone performed below under. Dude, Luis Robert could not pick up a baseball bat for like a month and a half. Season, he's out there playing and he can't swing. And freaking Tony just keeps sending him out there. It's like second and third, two outs. We're down by one, and Robert strolls up with one wrist. <laughs> and Tony is like, he's going to get him this time. It's like, Tony, he literally is taking his right hand off the bat halfway through the swing, dude. What what game are you watching? All right, we got to move. We got we to gotta go to the next. Who's, who's your MVP, though? Oh, my MVP. My MVP is the king. The, the one wrist wonder, King Louie. He's going to... Dude, he's going off this year, by the way. Look, look Dude, damn I, good today. He, I, I'll tell you what, if he stays healthy, he's going off right now. He is such he is so much fun to he's watch. He's robbed two home runs this year, by he's the way. He's robbed two home runs and, and it didn't matter because we he's gave been up, so we bad gave up at six that. earlier in he's the game. He's been so bad at that in the past. Yeah. If you looked at him at the I, wall, it looked like he didn't know how to time a jump. You're right. Someone must have been he must have been spent some time on a basketball court. Lags that you dragging in rebounds, or and it was like he is a f- fantastic defender until he has to jump. Whether it's jumping at a fence or just jumping in general, dude could not jump. To, like, couldn't, and I don't say he like he couldn't get off the ground. He could not time a jump to save his life. Hundred percent. Like we talked about that for a good year. It's crazy. Every time he got off his feet, yeah, it was an automatic hit because it was like a missed time. Yeah, it was awful. 
How about that catch he made in Houston? In I mean, gap? that is one of the best catches I've ever seen. That was sick. How Ben Attendee didn't catch yeah, that? Did you see that? I have no idea. That's, that's the one where they were, you know, like Stone and Benetti were like, well, Ben, you know, Luis had to get that ball. Ben Attendee had no shot. I'm like, Ben Attendee should have caught that. Yeah. He was so and much closer. It's, it's, it's technically, closer. It's technically it an catch. easier angle. Cause, right. But, I mean, Ben Attendee didn't have to go that far. No, I, I will say I want to give a honorable mention shout out for the MVP <laughs> this year, Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, that's the guy, guy finally got moved I into was the position he played his entire life. You think so? And he had a huge hit in Houston. He struggled as of late, but this guy is he's going to hit 20 bombs this year. He's going to drive in 100 runs and he is going to be a force in the middle of the lineup. And I think he's going to play a great defensive first base. Let's not forget when Jose Abreu came to the White Sox, he was not a good defensive first baseman. So all these guys saying we're losing Jose and we're we're automatically downgrading at first base. Andrew Vaughn played first base his entire life. I think he's going to do a great job. He had a great diving stop the other night. That was a great play. And you know, I think as you as Stoney and Benetti say, and as you said earlier, the Sox go as Timmy goes. I think the Sox are going to go as Timmy and Vaughn go. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think I was hoping someone would say Vaughn. Uh, I would take the over on 20 homers from him all day. Um, I think he's going to be a big part of this lineup, and he's a guy who you're going to need. You're going to need that production from. I think Vaughn has seven RBIs right now, which is a very quiet seven RBIs in eight games. Hasn't yeah. it been a very quiet he, seven RBIs? So I, I, I've, been talking, I've been talking to a, a friend about this. He seems to struggle early in games. Yeah. And then late in games, he finds his rhythm at the plate, and his at-bats look significantly better. He's taking the right pitches. He's swinging at the right pitches, and he's driving the ball as opposed to <laughs> kind of being a little bit off Th- that, in terms of timing. Great point. That happened in the opener. He looked kind of terrible, and then he got the game-winning double, I think it was, in game one. All right, so... Eight, I think we're like 20 minutes in here, and we, we can't even get past the first couple questions. We got a, a lot to talk about. Next on the list, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, and then we're going to move on to the next segment. So I'm going to start with this one, with the biggest surprise. And <coughs> I don't know if this is necessarily a surprise, but... I'm going to say our guy, Oscar. Oscar the Grouch, Colas. D- Is that what we're calling him, we're, Oscar we're, the Grouch? We're calling him the Grouch. Uh, I, I lo- we watch a lot of Sesame Street in this house. And the Grouch got on the board today. First major league home run. Happened to be down six. Somehow the, the White Sox hit like five bombs today, and we still managed to lose by four. Oh, I got him. So he's my he's my biggest surprise, but I don't think it's gonna be a surprise. I got all the faith in the world. Like he's got he's got some serious potential. And then my biggest disappointment, man, I don't even I don't want to go there, but oof, maybe Elvis. I think Elvis Andrews after what we saw last year, just because I think if he expectations are high and yeah, I think he's gonna revert regress. to the mean. Yeah, exactly. And he's so, never done what he did last year. Let me ask you a question. Year. Does Romy end up taking Andre Elvis's spot by the end of the year? I'm going to say uh, my guy Lenin Sosa is taking him his spot. So that that's what I got. Schwab, what do you got? 
So I'll start with disappointment. Uh, you know, it's it's a hard one to pick. Um, it's one that you don't want anyone to pick. You don't want to pick anyone, right? But, I, I mean, I agree with you a lot in, in Elvis. I think he's definitely the the easy choice. Um, if I'm going to go with someone else, I go might, might go Benatendi. Not that I think Benatendi will be awful, but I think that three-hole he's been in early in the year, yeah. I think you're going to see him sl- end up sliding in the six, seven-hole. Uh, even against right, uh, what do you? How do you feel about him in the two hole? Because I just think of the three hole, he's being misused. So yeah, you I, can't hit him three. I mean, I, I think I think a lot of it is is you're seeing teams change from their traditional, you know, like when we were growing up, right? The one hitter was your speed guy, your two hitter was your, you know, was like Tadahito, right? He's a guy who control the bat, best two hitter of bond, all time. He could hit to the right side. Schwabby, things of that nature. Schwabby knows his shit. He's you know, great. like that's who you're thinking of your two hitter. But as baseball has changed, it's, you want, you know, you realize that your one hitter gets fifty more play appearances than your two hitter. Your two hitter gets fifty more play appearances than three hitter, so on and so forth. So that you're trying to stack those things. Um, so I don't know if Benintendi necessarily goes to two. I think that's where he he fits in a traditional lineup. Um, but I think if you're looking at the way baseball is going, I think he might slide into your middle to back half of your lineup. So who's hit? Who's hitting two and three? I mean, I think Lou's staying too. I think eventually, if Yo continues to swing the bat way he's swinging, Yo's ending up three, Eloy's four. I love Yo in the, and if, in the and five Vaughn, spot. And Vaughn is the guy sliding into three or four, depending on who's there and yeah. who's not. Um, as far as most surprising, I think if for the Sox to do what they need to do, based on what we've seen so far, I think uh, Lags, I think your boy Lambo Jim, Lambo has got to be that dude. Yeah, like I agree. the way the way the pen is pitched so far, Lambo Jim's a dude I got some confidence in. Jimmy Lambert for everyone out there. Yeah, Jimmy Lambert. I you know I got some confidence in him. Um, <laughs> you know he, they put him in today with the bags loaded and he didn't get you know he he was put in a bad situation today and it didn't work out. Um, but he's a guy who like I have some confidence in. He's pitched well to start the season. Right, he's he good, pitched man. well last year. He's pitching okay right now. He's a guy who I think for them to take the next step. I think again, you know, when Liam and Garrett come back, it helps everything. But I think if Jimmy Lambert can have a big year, um, you know, a, a surprise to a certain extent, I think that's going to be a big part of what can take the Sox to the next level. I like that. I so, like it too, Schwab. I think for my big surprise, it's not really a surprise, especially if you've been looking at our Twitter in the last week. Anybody who thinks Michael Kopech should go to the bullpen, as I said on I- Twitter. Should absolutely kick fucking rocks. <laughs> Y'all are a bunch of fucking dumbasses. And I'm not I'm not pulling any punches here because I don't care how much he's been babied. I don't care how old he is. The guy hasn't pit, the guy didn't pitch in 2020, didn't barely pitch in 2021. 2022 is his first first full year as a starter, and he looked like Dylan Cease circa 2020. Yeah. This is judgment day for Kopech. I expect Kopech to take a cease-like jump like he did last year. What what so, was Kopech? Sorry to interrupt you, but what, what was Kopech? What was he hitting on the gun? I mean, in his, fir- in his first start, he was hitting 96, 97, 98 on the gun. Did he hit? I don't think he hit 100 or 99, but... His velocity was there, yeah. and in the first inning, his fastball was jumping out of his hand like Jacob DeGrom's does. I mean, when he is on his game, 
he has the stuff to match the nastiest pitchers in Major League Baseball. And I think over the last three years, he's taken his game really seriously. And I almost think he puts a little bit too much pressure on himself. Yeah, I think so. Because he came over in this trade as the headliner, and I think he feels like he has something to prove. I would love to just see him go out and pitch like he's got nothing to lose. Because his stuff is so nasty, and if he even maintains a little bit of control, he take he he is ceased last year. I expect Cease to continue to be in the top three in Cy Young voting. If Michael Kopech is not in the top 10 this year in Cy Young voting, I think his season was a disappointment. I think he's that's, that That's good. a big prediction. I think I, his ceiling is that high, and I think he is ready. That's that. And my prediction is top five. But I would after be shocked first, if he's he just gave even up, after the he even just after gave the up first five one. home runs to. But if the you Giants. watch if you watch those first two <laughs> innings, that ball was jumping out of his hands on the fastball. His slider they had no idea was coming. His curveball was no like, idea they coming. They hit they hit like twenty two home I runs. Said it, I said in the first two innings. Oh, all right, said in the first two innings. I I didn't watch the game. I just got an alert. I mean, every it, other. I, I texted. Six I texted my friend. I was like, "If the ball jumps out of Kopech's hands like this all season, he is going to win the Cy Young." That, that was. Yeah, that I'm was a if freezing he cold. Take. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm a little hurt you're not texting us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now. He will be top ten in the in the Cy Young. Yeah, you texted. Two, remember, Tui texted the the thread. Kopech looks amazing. I checked my phone. We're down like twelve to two. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing Kopech said to the stars, he's like. You know, he was talking about his changeup and how good the changeup felt and how good he was looking. He's like, everything else is getting hit. But I felt really good about my fourth pitch for the first time in a long time. All right, so Michael Kopech's my biggest surprise, even though I don't think it's a surprise. My biggest disappointment, which is hard, which you hate to call out. I know, I know. It's I, I, I absolutely hate to be negative. Is Gavin Sheets? Gavin. I think I, I, I disagreed with him getting brought up, getting yes, making the roster in yes. the first place. Does make yeah. the roster in my, I think, in my team. I think Jake Berger was that yes. guy in my mind. Hundred oh, percent. Interesting. Hundred percent. I think they look at Gavin Sheets as this guy that can come off the bench, and he's had some big RBIs in the first week, but I don't think he does it. First of all, he's not going to get the consistent at bats, and I don't think he does it from a bench role to the extent that we need him to, to, to make a, the difference that I think the Sox organization think he will. So let, let's talk about Gavin making the team real quick, just for a, for a minute or two here. Like, my whole thing going into this, I wanted Berger over Gavin. And my my belief in Berger is that if when you with, with Ben Attendee and Colas being your corners, like, when you're facing a lefty, Gavin's not getting in. When you're facing a righty, or I'm sorry, when you're facing a lefty, you know, you'd rather have Colas out and put Berger in. When you're facing a righty, you're not taking Andrew Vaughn on the line. You're taking, not taking Colas out of the lineup. You're not taking uh yeah, out of the you're lineup. You're not like who are you taking on the lineup well, I think to get Gavin Sheets at bats. I agree. When a lefty's up there, you want Colas out. You can play Eloy and right for those games, and those are the games Burger plays Burger DHs. Or you take Yo out those games, you let Berger play third. Like I think Berger has more utility 
playing against those tough right-handers, then you're good, or those tough left-handers, I should say, um, then you're going from Gavin. Like, right, I don't I, see what I want to touch on this early in the where podcast. Where Gavin has a role on the team. Is now the time to move on from Eloy Jimenez? No, well, if well, you were going to move on from Eloy, it was it was before the year. Because I because Schwab, I, I want to touch on what because Schwab Jake said. Berger, all he does in the major leagues is rake. Yeah. So so Gavin Sheets. Okay, I just pulled it up. To your point, if there's a lefty pitching, I think the idea is you play Romian, right? Okay. Right. You're taking Colas out and yeah. you're playing Romy. But, and then if there's a righty, I, I don't know. There, there is no place for Sheets. I completely agree. And it's it just comes down to the reason he's on the team over Berger is because he bats left-handed. Right, but in but with the way well, that no, no, I don't, I don't necessarily exactly. I don't necessarily I agree with you. I, no, no, I, I think agree. Sheets. I think Sheets is on the team because he plays outfield. Burger. No, 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 no. Fucking way. Sheets is. They're they're playing Romeo Burger, over him. I don't think they think Burger can play reasonable defense. He can. Burger is a terrible def- defender, but so, so is Sheets. So he's stuck to DH. Maybe, but maybe I'd rather they, have that big, consistent right-handed bat off the bench. That you can stick in at DH to give Eloy a couple days off because the guy can't even play five straight games. Yeah, maybe maybe they like Sheets because he could play first too and get and spell Vaughn, which is even that that's even worse. I mean, you because could put I Jake Berger spell, at first we, base. We don't need to spell Vaughn, right? Yeah, fair. So here's my question for you guys: Gavin Sheets has 603 at bats. Okay, as a, no 601 at bats as a professional major leaguer. How plate many at bat, bat plate appearances? Six oh one. How many plate appearances does he have if he doesn't bat left handed? Well, I want to know how many no, more home no, runs. No, no, he no, no. Has. I, hang on. Before you get into that, six hundred and one, and he one hundred and twenty zero. So I think we all agree the only reason he's on the team is because of the stupid handedness shit that we went through. Years well, that's because we didn't Tony have left handed hitters on the team. Now we have. I don't even care, but it Three. doesn't matter. It does, it's not Four. like him. He, he didn't help when we didn't have left-handers. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's one of those where, like... Why do we get... I'm done with it. I'm done with the handedness. We now we now have legitimate corner outfield defenders, and those defenders also happen to hit from the left side of the plate. So I feel like his his usage, his usage for us is going to be limited. Um and you know we're to the point now when you have Benatendi, when you have Colas, when yeah. you have Mancada, when you have Yaz, like you need a fucking righty mashy masher uh, to take on left-handed pitcher pitching. So Berger is that. Berger's got a sweet swing. And we Berger's we have to dude. remember that Berger was like the ninth pick overall. And then he tore everything in yeah. his leg, and then tore it again, and then tore it again. But I think this is a guy. I think Jake Berger is a guy that helps you win. I think so too. I think a pennant and a championship. He can't field though. Let's be very clear about that. that. Which is why I asked the question: Is now, do you move on from Eloy? So I, I saw an interesting thing. If on you Twitter. can get a, if you can get a two-three starter, because our starting pitching is looking. This is why very questionable. Yeah. If you can get a two or a three, for do you Eloy? trade him? For There's Eloy? no way we get a two or three. Are you kidding me? I mean, dude, the guy is one of the best hitters in baseball. Every time if. he's on the field. Yeah, but he but can't walk the CVS without pulling a hamstring. You know, so I, I find it hard to believe that there's not a team out there that won't make a gamble. So 
So I, I saw something on Twitter this week. Especially with the like, contract he's on. The one player that the Sox can the Sox can't afford to lose Yoan. They can't afford to lose Timmy. They can't afford to lose Luis. But they can lose an Eloy. And they can go with uh you know, they can go with Gavin and Berger playing DH. But that's not one of the things that they can do. You know, they can they can go with Gavin and Berger at DH and they can do a, a reasonable uh Eloy impersonation. They can't do that thing. They can't do that. They can't get a shortstop impersonation or center field or, or those guys. But they can get away with DH being that play, that platoon of Berger and Gavin, and that's something that's different um, than what they've seen in the past. But again, with Eloy, they're you know they're lim- those two both those players are limited. I think Berger has potential as a role. Um, but no, I like I think if you want to trade Eloy. Aloy needed to be traded in the offseason. He was coming off a hot streak. He had value. I think now everyone's remembering that Aloy is hurt. The second half of the season, I think he was the best hitter in the league. He he well, was a killer. So, Schwabi. Aloy, obviously, when he's healthy and he's on, the guy's a beast. But, I don't know. He can't stay on the field it's an interesting question for me. Here's kind of where I'm at with Rick Hahn. And we've kind of seen it in an eight-game sample size. I think Rick is so afraid to... He's afraid to... I don't know what the right word is, but he's afraid to like shake it up from like the core that he's built. Like He's kind of built this core from the rebuild, right? But he's afraid to make any sort of wave to change all of the like young talent that he's accumulated. But the problem in the team that that Rick has constructed is there's a very clear problem to me in the analytics of the fact that we don't walk, right? We have to hit our way on, and we have consistently one of the worst chase rates in the league. So if you put those together and you combine that with a pitching staff that is in the bottom 10 in walking teams, you think about how much more you need to do in a baseball game to just win a game. Because if you if you think if you're losing a walk ratio by 3 by 4 every game, you're literally like the amount of hits that you need to get to just score more runs than the, another team than the team that you're playing is so difficult to do. It's it's literally, and that's why I I've tweeted about this a few times from the account. But it's all you need to do to check to see if the White Sox had a good game is just go to two stats in the box score, see how many times we walk, and see how many teams the other team walk. And I guarantee you, if if we have a significant disadvantage in that, we're going to lose the game nine out of ten times. We actually won one earlier this year where the other team, the Giants walked, I think, nine times. And we walked once. I want Kuda to look up a percentage of how many times that's happened. Yeah, I mean, I it's funny you were saying that. Like, as I was watching the game today, Luis comes out of the plate, and he's batting 343. His on-base percentage is 343. Oh, I mean, that's think um, about that. Grandel has gotten on base more than Robert. Can we? Can we? When, next time Dylan Cease throws his bullpen, 
Can we put a glass box around the batter's box and just make Luis stand there while he throws sliders? Him and Tim Anderson. Dude, I, it's like every other team we play, they throw a slider on the outside corner, and the other team doesn't flinch. I know. We are swinging and flinging our bats at every little slider that comes out of a pitcher's hand. At some point, I don't understand it. Like, how many times do you have to see this before you can lay off? Because Rick Hahn is afraid. Rick Hahn is afraid to trade a guy that is projected to be an all-star that hasn't been. But, I mean, I think here's... here's, You're not going to trade Luis. Here's to a certain extent. No, I'm not talking about Luis. I'm talking about you got to shake something up, like an alloy. But who who would you trade, Nikki? I would trade... I would have traded Giolito... I would have thought about trading. We're ta- we're talking about the hitting issue. Like Giolito doesn't. Sell. Okay, if we're talking about the hitting we're issue, about a batter. Who are you trading? Yeah, I mean, I I would think about seriously trading Aloy Jimenez. But I think the only time you could trade Aloy was this past offseason. Yeah, he's been. He's Why been not now? He started so out. If you really packaged, well. if you packaged Aloy, yet, if you packaged Aloy with somebody else to get a guy like Brian Reynolds from. Pittsburgh, would you have done it? That, that, but I don't think Pittsburgh's accepting that. Yeah, but if you add, I don't know what, what add, like a Brian Ramos. Who do you add? You Brian add Ramos and a Jorge Vera. Yeah, Ramos, would you do it? Ramos is like the one. I'm you ha- you cannot be afraid. Rick Hahn is afraid. He's terrified. He's terrified to cut Deekman. It, it took him three years to cut Jose. To, I don't think he's terrified to cut Deekman. You don't think I'm so? Just, then why is he on the team, Schwab? Uh, listen, man. He stinks. <laughs> like, I'm just pissed that like Rick Hahn was at Rosemary tonight and yeah, not oh, watching the White I, Sox. We, oh, we had to the watch strap, that oh, boy. travesty The Strap of the game. It Down podcast has inside sources that Rick Hahn was drinking a scotch neat and champagne at Rosemary tonight while, while he pushed Jake Diekman on our asses to... Torture us. The only trade deadline acquisition. I don't even know yet. The Jake, only. Well, let's just call him Jake Dickman from now on. His only the guy. He remember not, when we recorded after not the trade deadline? Up an outing. We since traded, we've acquired him. Yeah, Dickman. Why don't I go slip my wrist? While I gave I'm him there. some love after the deadline. He threw two games in a row. I was yeah. very proud of him. Did you man. watch the game today? Unfortunately. The guy loads the. Not he, very good. Have you ever seen anyone walk? Dickman can. He comes in for a left-hander, walks him on four pitches to face the hottest hitter in the league. Literally the hottest hitter. Reynolds is unconscious right now. And Who's freaking Hines sipping whiskey straight like an asshole while I'm getting tortured. Yeah, th- I, that's that's serious stuff. How is Rick Hahn not watching every inning of the White Sox? Somebody explain to me. Is that Do you guys have a problem with Rick Hahn not watching the game today? I, I don't. You don't? Um, no. I, like How? again, man. He's 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 going to watch the game. He'll maybe watch it two hours later. But like, I don't think that changes anything, dude. I, that's his job. What do you mean, <laughs> Nikki? If he watches the game at at in live time, or he watches it two hey, hours delayed, we've all does seen it money change ball. his opinion. Billy Bean didn't watch the games. Uh, yeah, Thank you. has Billy Bean won a World Series? <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> think uh, I don't think that's fair to judge him on that. <laughs> No, but no, in all no, seriousness, I don't. You have, don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem game? with the GM not watching a game. That's his that, job. No, his job is to put the players in the manager's hand, and then it's the manager's job 
to get them to play like if, and win on if the field. Han didn't watch there's five he's... games in a row but like I'm, I'm sure he's watching the game I'm sure he's getting the reports on the game like him watching the game in live time are we sure or him watching the game two hours later I don't think it makes a difference I don't have a problem I don't have a problem Really? No issue. You guys have no issue with Han not watching the game tonight. The well, fact we're, that was, we're suffering watching the game. Well, see, <laughs> we're see, suffering think, watching, but the GM for, of the game is sipping so champagne. For it Rick's does own when you think sanity, about it. I think he needs to not watch the game. Correct. I think I think so too. And to make to make logical common sense decisions, I I would hope that he doesn't get as worked up as we. Right. Do. I mean, you hear I us on these away things, right now, and you we're guys. and we're losing our minds. If you're a GM of a baseball team and you have a bad loss, like, I mean, you'd go in there and you'd fucking start training people. There's a, you're angry. Yeah. I don't want that to be my GM. There, there's a difference between getting right. mad at a bad loss and watching Jake Diekman do the same thing every game. Jake's only been it for 30 games. And I've seen him suck 26 out of the 30. Oh, for sure. But he did pitch back-to-back outings real early oh, in his okay. tenure here. And I was very proud of him because Apologies. no one on the Sox could throw back to back last year. Because we were saving Hanser for another <laughs> inning. How do we feel about Hanser Alberto making the opening day roster? I mean, I feel pretty good about being our like fourth best. Reader I was real point. happy with it because it meant another guy on the team. And then the guy last name Garcia was not making. It. But but you guys realize he is literally Lurie Garcia without power. Right? Mm, but you do realize his first and, name and is not Lurie. And that's right? saying some shit. Because Lurie Garcia didn't have any power. Here's you a, look at, pull up. I want Schwabi to pull up the stats. Hanser Alberto. No, you're right. Hanser right. right. versus Lurie Garcia. He is significantly better. No, pull up the stats. I, I want to. I don't want your bullshit. <laughs> he is better. That's not what I want to hear. I didn't even get to finish. You're yelling at me. I got Alberto. Alberto up right now. He's career point six seven four OPS six seventy four OPS. Right. That is not good. He's not good. He's not good. So why do you not put a guy like Jake and Berger? and and Leary Leary career OPS is six forty four. So it's, it's he's actually significant. Hanser Alberto <laughs> is Leary Garcia. Yeah. They they both stink. I'm not gonna deny that. But I'll give a shout out to Mr. James Alvitti for that stat. <laughs> but what I'll say is. Is Alberto starting every game like Leary did last year? <laughs> Leary started, literally look at the last 10 games. Like last year, the first 10 games of the year, Leary started every game. Nikki, pull up what Leary does against right-handed pitchers. Yeah, do I have to? Yes. All right. Because this is the difference between him and Alberto. Alberto is not a great player by any stretch of the, of the imagination. Alberto is very good against right-handed pitching. What are the numbers? I'm sorry. Against left-handed pitch. I'm sorry. My apologies. Hanser is very good versus left-handed pitching. But versus lefties, he bats 324. Isn't that the White Sox strength, though? Isn't that what it we've was. done for the last three years? It was. Yeah, it's not. I don't think. Right? That, yeah. But there, that That's roster baited. has changed so much. Like, you now have two left-handed corners. The, the same guys are on the field. No, no, no. It's changed a little bit. The outfield is completely different. Oh, sorry. We don't have we added, first baseman playing. The two corn, right the field. two corners are different. Jose is gone, who is a big lefty masher, and Elvis is there, who we, is Elvis we, is is pretty much like a two seventy hitter, regardless of who's against. Can we touch on Jose Abreu for a second? Yeah, 
This is a White Sox, I would say, legend who left in the offseason. And in my mind, he went to the fucking dark side. Yeah. There is not a team in Major League Baseball. There's not a team in professional sports. I'm a big Bears fan. I'm a big Blackhawks fan. Don't really pay attention to the Bulls, mm-hmm. but NFL, NHL, MLB, there's not a team that I hate more than the Houston Astros. Yeah, that's fair. And you know what? Farewell, adieu, afida sane, see you later. You, dude, nobody loves I'm fucking Jose out more on than you. He, you. You gave like a... The last episode of Strapping Down last year, you gave like a 16-minute tribute to Jose. And he fucking goes to the Astros. He dis- yeah, dude. That, that pisses me that, off. That is insulting. It's insulting. Honestly, it's, it's an insult to my soul because I've watched them dominate us for the last eight years, and I'm fucking sick of it. And the fact that Jose Abreu went there, the soul of the White Sox, goes to the 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 team that has beat us down. I don't think until the first game we won at Minute Maid in the first series of the year, I don't think we had won a game in like 13 games <laughs> at Minute Maid Park. I know, this house of horrors. It's, I mean, I hate Houston. I hate the Astros. You mean I me, hate me, Jose me, Altuve. I hate anyone who's oh, ever man. associated with that fucking franchise. And for the White Sox soul to go there, he is dead in my eyes. And if he gets a statue, <laughs> we gotta run back. The, I, I will piss on the statue. Do we? Do we know more than six months ago? Is just praising Jose. I want. I yeah, want, and then he fucking turned that, on us and I goes to the dark side. I want into this one, dude. You could have gone to the Phillies. You could have gone. I mean. That was you could have gone to the Mariners, right. the best, the most fun team in baseball. You could have gone to the Giants. There's no there denying. are so many teams yeah. he could have gone it to. It was very Gen Z of Jose to go to Houston. That's all I'll say. That was it was very Gen Z of him. But, you know, when it gets tough, the going gets tough. I'll just transfer to the best team. No different than than the college basketball portal. You know, it's like or, oh, or Kevin Durant going to the yeah, Warriors. I'm only playing eight minutes a game. I got to transfer because the coach doesn't see how good well, I am. Jose was playing 160, and you know what? I hope he has a dog shit season because I think he's <laughs> over the hill to begin with. And I'm glad we got rid of him. Oh, my team sucks. If so Andrew, I'm transfer to the best I, team. I guarantee. This is a guarantee that I'm making oh right now on this podcast. <laughs> Chill to his lover. Andrew Vaughn will have a Better season than Jose Abreu. By what metric? How do you want to measure it? War. War. Let's do it. What is it good for? War. Absolutely nothing. Andrew Vaughn, what do you want me to do if Andrew Vaughn does not have well, a better war season than Jose Abreu? Shave your eyebrows. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll shave his head. Well, we would live if he wins. You live can, on the pod. Me, you can give me a buzz cut. Buzz cut. A buzz? You can give me a buzz. Well, yeah, what ho- if he wins? What does he get? Nothing. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. We we even this is we're still Mush Mush has to get an Andrew Vaughn tattoo on his left butt cheek. <laughs> if if he beats Jose Abreu in war. I'll settle for Mush showing up for the podcast. 
right, we're going to talk, talk about the, some rule changes from the offseason. We, we got to speed it up. We got a couple of segments left. So the rule changes, we're, we're going to do one each, Schwab. Give me a rule change. Let's Let's debrief on it. So we have bigger bases this year, and then a pitcher is only allowed to throw over to add a runner or step off the mound uh, twice per at-bat. Um, they try to throw over a third time. They It's a ball or if they don't get them, I think. Um, no, it's a balk if you don't balk, get them out. A balk if you don't get them out. So it so happened today. What? Timmy, right? Yeah. He just got he second? Was he was safe, so, so it didn't matter. matter. But if they got him out, he would have been out. Um, because they made a play on it? No, he they he had thrown over twice. Threw over a third time. So I he, thought it was the second time he threw over. It's three? You get two. You can throw over twice. Oh, got it. And then the third time. So the third time you should just go, right? Yeah. Especially if you're Tim Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think it's it's a big change. And what you've seen so far with the, with the bigger bases and the, you know, telling pitchers they shouldn't throw over constantly or step off. Um, you're seeing a ton more stolen bases right now. And the success rate on stolen bases is going through the roof. Astronomical. Like, those are the other two things. Like, more players are running and they're safe. Like, guys like Ty France who in their career have, like, zero stolen bases or one stolen base. It means Ty France stole, like, three last week. And that's more than he's stolen his MLB career to this point. Um, you know, players are... It, that's one of the big things that I was always wondering, right? Like, the analytics say a stolen base is is a bad play. Um, there's you know there's little value to it, and the chances of you getting thrown are too high. But now with the bases being bigger and the not being able to throw over and the and the, and the timer on the clock, there's just so many more things encouraging you to run. Teams are running wild so far to this point. Yeah, um, I think you're gonna see guys. I think you're going to see a lot of guys set their career high in, st- in steals um, just because they're, the incentive right now, the amount of times you have to save, the incentive is really raising. So, TA, over under 40 bases. You I'm going to take the over. You take over 40? I think he steals 40 bases. How Four, many does he have right a now? Lot. Five. Yeah, five through eight is pretty good. Yeah, 40 is a lot, but I mean, I think there's a real. If he sells, if he stays he's healthy, going wild, huh? He, he did he steal third today, dude. I mean, games. he's so fast, and I think his jumps have gotten incredibly better this yeah. year. I mean, he stole third today. There shouldn't have even been a throw. Like he just stole third just because of the jump. Yeah, the I think I think Luis steals a uh, quiet twenty because I don't think he's going to run as as much because I think they're going to want to keep him healthy. I think Ben Attendee should steal 15. I think Andres should steal, Elvis should steal 15 to 25. I mean, these guys should be, these guys should see the numbers of success and they should start running. I mean, Timmy's career high is 26. And I think he steals 40 this year. That's a big jump. Yeah, but, but the base, it's six and a half inches or four and a half inches shorter. That's a huge difference. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's... if you look at the replays in the last couple of years since replay has been in 
in the league. Like <laughs> these guys are making it by fingertips or getting tagged out yeah, by that's fingertips. True. Four and a half inches. It's a big deal. Is a big, it's a big deal. deal. I agree with and that. And with the fact that these guys are on a pitch clock, you can time them better. Yeah. I mean, if you're a good base runner, you can time these guys almost down to a second. And you should be running all over the place. It's a good point. I, I, I'm not going to take over. 40 feels like a lot, but maybe. I'll say this. I as a, as a base run runner, and I'm going back to my high school days. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't the best high school baseball player of all time, but I love sealing bases, and I had the green light my entire life. If I had a, If I knew that there was a pitch clock, the biggest reason why I would take a half a step shorter or hesitate a split second is because I didn't know when the pitcher was going. Yeah. With the pitch clock, you pretty you know, much yeah. know when they're going. They're rushed. They're like so rushed. Like, you can look up at the scoreboard and see this guy's going at nine seconds yeah. every single pitch. You can yeah. watch that from the dugout. Like, these guys should be able to get a read on these pitchers much better than in the past. And with four and a half inches shorter on the bases, they should be running out of their minds. No, I agree with that. I mean, it, it definitely gives you some benefits that haven't been there in the past. Speaking of pitch clock, JT, what do you feel? All right, so here's what I'll say about the pitch clock. I I like it because there's never been a time in the past where a West Coast game starts at 9-10, and I feel like I can sit there and watch the whole game. Because in the past, this game could go till 1 a.m., and there's no way I'm staying up for that. Now, 11.30, that's easy. What I will say is I feel like everyone is just a touch rushed. And maybe that changes a little bit, but I'd like five seconds added to each scenario. So five seconds added to when no one's on base and five seconds added to when someone is on base. Yeah, I mean, I would tell you. Or like- at least make it 20, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. Because I feel like there's times when when everyone feels rushed, both the pitcher and the batter. Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is I, I think, A, I think the batter having to look at the pitcher at eight seconds or whatever that is, is is dumb. I think it's one of those where, you know, if the batter doesn't want to look and the pitcher wants to throw, like, let him throw. Um, that would be the, the easiest thing to change where it's going to encourage the batter to get in the box and get ready to swing. Um, but who do you think the problem was on in the past? The pitcher or the batter? Because I think it was more the the pitcher. Both. I mean, I, I think I think if you wanted to like if you want to globalize it, I think I would agree with you. It's the pitcher. Um, but there are also are those hitters who absolutely have to step out, have to adjust both gloves. I mean, there's no spin there's, their hands. There's definitely the no more. There's definitely right. no more. No more Garcia Para doing his sick batting glove routine yeah. before every bat. Right. I, I mean, mean, you know that you we all guys. tried to imitate when we were younger. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think by large, it's the pitchers, but there definitely were batters who played into that. Um, it's not a huge deal to me if a game's ending in two thirty or a game's ending in three ten. It's not gonna hey, encourage you're me to go- watch more. You're or going to the to game less. on a Tuesday night, helps, and you're out yeah. of there at nine thirty versus eleven. That's a for me. That's a huge difference. That's a burly. I'll, I'll give you that. And I, I my honestly, is, I love that, but. I will also say when I go to a Sox game, I'm 
I want to be there for four hours because I want to drink right. eight beers. Thank you. And I want to yeah. have time to drink. Like, eight beers. like I, I, th- I, I, mean, I think that's like that's that's the that's the the give and take, right? Like, yeah, I want to I want to be able to watch a game when I'm sitting at home on Saturday and not have it feel like it's taking up my whole day. But if I'm at the park, I want to be at the park, right? I don't want to go home. I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to get to the next thing. I want to spend an afternoon there. I want to drink as you know for the seven innings or two hours or whatever comes first, and you know all those things. Like you want the full experience, and I feel like to a certain extent, by having these games quicken up to the point where they to point where they are quickening up to, like you're you are losing some of that. So I I will say, with the starters, I don't <laughs> feel like it's that big of a deal. You had some starters in Major League Baseball that took a long time. Yeah. But I felt like most of the time it was the relievers who are throwing 15, 20 pitches anyway. Yeah. That took a ton of time. Like you got to the seventh inning and you came to a halt. So I would be okay with keeping the pitch clock for the starters or, you know, leaving it up five seconds. And then adding an, a little bit of additional time to the relievers. Cause just because high leverage, when you got to take your time yeah. and rest, you don't want to throw a pitch or you don't want to swing at a pitch when you're out of breath. I mean, if you got a foul ball down the line and you're running, you're running to first, like you don't want to get in the box and be out of breath and then have to hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. I mean, hitting a hundred mile an hour fastball is hard enough. If it feels a little rushed to me, so I think five seconds on on both pitch clocks, I think would make a huge I difference. Agree. I think I think twenty and twenty five would be perfect. Yes, because you still are going to get the effect. Because it doesn't mean everyone's going to use it to twenty. Because I I saw something that said the average before this year was like twenty two. So if you set it at twenty. The average isn't going to be nineteen and a half. It's, it's going to be gonna, ten. Yeah, it's or gonna, eleven. Yeah, yeah. Or, but it just max. like it just feels a little rushed with nobody on base for me, and then with guys on, feels a little more normal. That's why I think it's like if you give them twenty and twenty five, because <laughs> dude, just unless there's going to be special rules for October, October, like it just. Like how, see, how is I that gonna ha- how I is the eighth imagine, inning gonna happen in October? I can't imagine watching a game in the eighth inning in October, no matter who's playing. It's gonna be it's a one run game, bad. And, yeah. And there's gonna be something that happens with the, like I can't. That's affected Graveman very bad. If you give him twenty and twenty five, I think everyone yeah moves That's quickly. Reasonable moves quickly. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. And I think the pitch is still thrown by ten seconds anyway. Great, you you like you're getting. You're you, what you want to do is happening by doing twenty and twenty five. You know what but, I mean. So I will say, like the minor leaguers coming up have been dealing with this for yeah. two years, so I think the younger crowd will adapt to it a little bit better. But at the same time, like you got guys like Scherzer and Verlander who've been doing their thing for twenty years in the bigs. Why are you supposed to take away? You know their routine. Their yeah, because you you know what I don't understand. I, what I don't understand is why does the hitter have to be ready by seven seconds? No, I I agree with that. I mean, it's one of those where I would just like. I mean the the 
the what? situation on Tim the Run other throw. day was he, Tim was absolutely in the right. The pitcher never made eye contact with him before he started his windup. Logan he, Webb never yeah. started, never made eye contact with him. And Tim was, and that was at 10 seconds on the clock. So Tim had another two seconds. But why, but why from a hitter perspective, is there a clock on the hitter? There should be no clock on the hitter. Because if the, if the hitter is not in the box, then the pitcher should just have a right to throw one down the middle. So why does it matter if the hitter is not ready by seven seconds? No, I, I think that's the one change I would make to this is would be, you know, as soon as the hitter steps into the box, game on. Why? I don't care if you yeah. look at me. I don't care if you want to, if you want to adjust if your gloves. If he's looking down, yeah. Swing, why does he have to be ready at seven whatever seconds? Whatever the case is. But as soon as that, if you're in the box and the pitcher's ready to go, it's, it's game. Because what's the difference? Because if instead of an automatic strike, the guy just pitches at seven seconds. If he's not ready at seven, the rule should be at seven seconds, if the hitter's not ready, then the pitcher could do Game whatever on. the hell he it wants. Is eight, it is eight seconds. Or eight seconds. The and the, but the pitcher could do whatever he wants at eight seconds. So there's no such thing as a quick pitch at eight seconds. Agreed? Yeah. Yeah. So why why do I care if the batteries fit? Well, and that's the, that's the problem you're running into is pitchers are starting their motion before the eight-second mark. And the batter thinks they have until eight seconds. So you're getting into the position where the but pitcher's I think... starting beforehand and the batter's not ready. And so a lot of batters are getting quick pitched. But yeah, and it's a weird they're situation. not so I think but I think five more seconds makes everyone happy. Yeah, I agree. Why... Fans, the Why hitters, it... the pitchers, the field, Why did the Manfred everyone. get so aggressive on fifteen and twenty? Have you met Manfred? Yeah, he doesn't like baseball. We've established that. All right, well, all right. So wait, but did you guys watch opening day where they had a huge delay while Manfred <laughs> was in the the, the announcer's Man, box? Manfred is literally wait, the worst. Wait, did you guys not watch this? You guys didn't see this? No. So White Sox were oh, the opening day game. Of oh yeah, the day. yeah. Because then it was, and on they ESPN. literally had a huge deal during Manfred's speech in the box. Like they had a huge during stoppage of time. Because someone couldn't figure out the hitter's clock, and then there was a yeah. Because there, the, there was a bunch of different issues. It, it was it was fucking hysterical because you could see him sitting there, just like how he's such how a did weasel. How did Manfred? Oh my god, that guy is is sickening. I I I've never met a guy that dislikes the the sport that he's commissioning in my life. Gentlemen, we got. I gotta skip a segment here because we talked too much about the off season predictions. Here's what I want to do. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do one last one. We're gonna close it out. We're gonna do re- recap this last week of White Sox baseball because we talked we've talked like it's our first episode, right? Which makes sense, and we're talking about some role changes, but we also just played the Giants, and the Giants broke a record in the history of their team for home runs in one series. Think about that. I don't know how long that record goes back, if it counts when the Giants were back in were they in New, York. New York, and they never had more home runs in a three-game series than what just happened. We gave up another 13 runs to the Pirates today. We split in Houston, which was felt pretty good, right? But I don't know, boys. How are you feeling? The, the bullpen looks 
I don't even know who you could bring in at this point. The yeah, bullpen. The, is, the, the the pen is the pen is a big issue. Um, I mean, I think we all you know. I think I think Jack mentioned this earlier. Like we like the way they're playing. You know, we're seeing some good things there, but you know, when we had when the starting pitching was going well, the pen was struggling. Now the starting pitching is struggling, and the pen's still struggling. Uh, the pen the pen's rough right now. Um, we got rid of. You know, Jay, our Ruiz, boy, our boy is, Jay Kuda put out a tweet the other day, what and say? it showed, it showed uh, bullpen salary, and then oh, on that. the x-axis and the y-axis was percentage of bullpen salary, and we are at the top, 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 top right of that graph, and when your bullpen, well, bullpen gives up, when your bullpen performs too. like we did for the last ten days. Fuck. So, so I mean, I think we've, you know, Nikki, I think you you mentioned something about this. We're like, we spent so much on the pen. I think that's slightly unfair right now because the guy who we spent the most money on the pen isn't there in Liam. Yep. You know, and like, again, injuries are part of baseball. Is that true? Is he? Yeah, he's, he's got the highest, highest salary in the pen. Yeah, he's yeah. making like 15 mil. Oh, man. Only 15 mil. What did Edwin Diaz get? Well, Liam. So he's Liam on a good a contract. Weird, Liam has a weird deal because the point like, is the point is he's on a good contract what's compared to other clubs. Isn't that eighteen or 20? twenty? He's over twenty, I think. I don't think he's over twenty. I think he's right around. I think he's right around there. I mean, Liam is Liam's Liam is contract, a top five. Liam's contract reliever. when Edwin signed. Liam's contract looked incredible, but I'm not worried right, about. Right. I'm on, not worried. On. I'm not worried about oh, like paying. High money for a closer. I'm worried about paying high money for an eighth inning guy and a seventh inning guy that fuck can't even pitch in the fifth inning right now. So Liam Liam's signed a three year deal for fifty four million, but the fourth year was basically a free club option. So essentially four years. Yeah, they years paid him all 54. the money up front. Yeah. And the back end. I, I think you obviously. So you got Kendall Graveman up. and Joe Kelly, who are making a ton of money this year. Well, those were atrocious, and signings. they're being—they're terrible. Yeah, I mean, Rick. Rick doesn't know what he's doing clearly. So that—that's that's not a bad deal for Liam at all. No, it's like the best closer deal in Major League Baseball, to be honest. Liam's rock solid. I think we'll all agree. But you got Joe Kelly, the guy. Has been disastrous. Let's call a spade a spade. For a year, for well, like uh, last year, the yeah, entirety it, of it, last year, and then this year <laughs> isn't been good. Like, gra- figure it the fuck out, dude. Graveman control issues. Bad. Just Liam, bad. Liam is the fourth highest paid reliever in baseball. Who's top three? It's Edwin Diaz at nineteen six, Kenley at sixteen, Iglesias at sixteen. Liam at fourteen three, and and that's because Liam, that's spread over four years. That's what he's making this year. I don't yeah. know, like that's his. Is that spot track? Yeah, he's ahead of. I mean, that's a good contract. Hater, I mean, he is literally one of the top three closers in baseball. So yeah, Liam's deal next year is we we pay him fifteen mil no matter what. Let's and, go back. Let's go back to PMA. PMA is Liam Hendricks playing for the Sox this year. Yeah. I'll PM it. We, uh, for we all hate cancer. I mean, 
There's nothing there's nothing worse than than cancer. I think all of our lives have been affected by it in some way or another. Um it, it's a little weird when you see someone on your favorite sports team be affected by it because at that point all you're all you're rooting for is for him to have a healthy life. Yeah. And to you know to live <coughs> to live a healthy life. So when when that came out, I wrote him off for the year, to be honest. Yeah, in I mean, my how mind, could you not? Yeah, like I I totally wrote him off for the year, and apparently he never stopped baseball workouts. He's a crazy person. <laughs> wow! Like to his credit, like saying in the most positive way you can say it, like Liam Hendricks is a crazy person. He, but that Man. makes him. He, I think, is my most favorite White Sox person since Paul Konerko slash Scott Pitsenik. Like. This is a guy who loves p- competing, mm-hmm. loves playing the the sport of baseball, and loves striking guys out. There's nothing more than he that he loves than coming in the ninth inning in a big spot with all the all the lights on him and dominating. That's what he lives for. That's what gets I love him up Liam. in the morning. And so he's, as of yesterday, done with chemo. Never stop baseball workouts during spring training. So I don't know when he's going to be back, but let's say mid-May at the latest. I mean, you bring back Garrett Crochet and Liam Hendricks, and this bullpen completely changes. It does. Right. That, I mean, that's, that's the positive you have going for you is like there's a chance that this bullpen looks significantly different in a month. Which is what you're going to need because the, the pen as it currently is constructed and with the way guys are currently throwing, he's not going to get the job done. All right, I'm going to go on. Uh, while we do this this week recap, I'm going to ask a couple questions to guide our conversation. Who's our leader? Timmy. Tim? Is there a leader, Schwab? That'd be my pick. I think you need more than one, though. It's not. It, you you got to have a couple leaders. I think you got to have a leader on the pitching staff, and I think you got to have a leader on as an everyday player. So, Timmy, I agree that Timmy is the leader. Do you think he can live up to a World Series champion leader? Uh, I mean, I think it's a loaded question to a certain extent. Um, I don't think there's any reason why he can't, but I think until anyone anyone has, I think it's hard to say they can. Does Does he create? Does TA create controversy more than he inspires? Uh, I would say I think he inspires more than he creates controversy. Uh, and I would agree with that. But I think that's a question Sox fans are at are asking. And so I, I mean, I, th- I think I think a lot of that is based on some of his his personal issues last year, um, which I think is. I think it was probably a bigger talking point outside the clubhouse than it was inside the clubhouse. I I totally think that's fair. I think when we saw that all-star video last year of TA making the all-star team and no one clapping or it just being super down, I think that was more of a result of what how the team was playing versus how they felt about him. But 
I don't think that was a Tim Anderson. I think thing. we have to have a leader besides yeah. Tim Anderson. I think Tim no, Anderson's I, I think been that's a fair. Yeah, I I don't think that's a Tim like who's the, gonna take Jose Abreu's spot. So I don't. So and your let example, me say this. Let me say this about Jose Abreu since I've been <laughs> yeah, going off about him. Yeah, you're guy. And I gave that tribute at the end of the last season because I was grateful for all the good things that he brought me for the prior nine years. But you know what? We never fucking won a division series. We never won a championship series. We didn't even make it to the World Series. We barely made the playoffs. So why am I that grateful for him? Seriously. The guy raked, but he raked on a shitty team. So, I I mean, I think baseball is one of those sports. Baseball is... But who's taking Jose Abreu's leadership spot? I don't think we need someone to take his spot. I mean, why, every team needs a leader. Yeah, but why was Jose the best leader? Uh, he he led by example, sure. I mean, you had in 05, you had Paul Kinerko and AJ. I think it's a little Paul bit Paul Kinerko was like your guy, and then AJ was so you, your you, spiritual leader. And you had a Creedy? It's a little overrated. I mean, it's like you get on a winning streak, and it's like, who's the... I don't know. It's it's overblown. You think I, it's... I think it's the whole Tim thing last year. You're talking about like the All Star Game announcement. That was more of a Tony Larusa thing than a Tim Anderson thing, because the the everyone was taking on Tony's how, yeah his I, personality. I totally per, Tony was literally it was the, the Walk of the Living Dead. I mean, we all we saw it every day. So I I don't want to listen like Tim Tim. He leads by example. I don't think he's like more of a vocal. I think he's more of a show me type guy than a vocal leader. I think you're going to see guys like Lou and Yo step into a leadership role without Jose. I think Jose was holding those guys back a little bit. I mean, they always talked about all the, you know, all those guys talked about how they looked up to Jose, but it's like it's time to pass the baton at some point. And I think I think Lou and and Yo are going to take the step. So I, I'm not worried about the leadership issue. I'm worried about. So you think leadership comes from the top? I, I'm. And not, now we got Grafal. No, in the I, I'm. Saddle no, and... I, I, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I'm worried about the bullpen. To be honest, I, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the bullpen that can't get a guy out. It's one of those where if your team is playing really well, your leadership looks great. Yeah, great. It's if like, your team is really bad, I don't care if you are the greatest leader in team sports, your leadership looks bad. I mean, do you think DeMar, DeMar DeRozan is probably one of the best leaders in professional sports? It's not like makes the Bulls good, you know? It's like at, that, at the end no, of the No, that's at, totally fair. At the end of the day, you you need to talent talent wins yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. So, gentlemen, we've talked about a lot. We're going to close this thing out. We're going to do a let's get pickled. I, I got a I got JT. a couple more questions before we get Co- to the let's get pickled. All right, we, we got to do it quickly because we got to close this thing out. We talked, so I talked about Andrew Vaughn as my biggest surprise. All right, what do, what we, do we? What do we think he's capable of, and what are our what are our expectations for him this, this year season? or his best year? This season, what are our expectations for him this season and beyond? Two would be my 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 expectations for this year. So is he think, mini Paul Canarco? I said on the first ever pod we did on this thing, yes. 
I think I think Vaughn. Yeah, it's, it's Dave Shreya said the first Schwab fucking power we did. I'll, I'll pull up. I'll pull up the tape. He did. Schwab. Schwab was saying he's going to be huge. Andrew Vaughn call, stand call, right here. Yeah, yeah. Schwab loved. I got the Andrew Vaughn jersey, and okay. I wore it on opening. I wore it here, the night that he had the big two run double. Here's what I got for a for AV. Two seventy two. My guy Andy. Two seventy two. 338 OBP, 100 ribbies. I think he's going to have a 350 OBP. I would love that. What do you think of that, Schwab? What do you think of my prediction? It's 272. I think you're a little low. I think you yeah, I think you're low. You think that's low? 100? I had 100 RBS. 272, 338, 100. I, I, I've got him. I would say, I mean, I said 25. I'd bump up everything. Yeah. What? I think I think he's a two eighty I think he's a two eighty guy this year. Hang on. I'm running the map. Two eighty. Alright, what do you got, Schwab? What's your stat line? If you want a triple if you want a two eighty. Yep. I think I said two eighty five, but I'll give you two eighty. Okay. Three forty. Okay, well, all right. Twenty five. Twenty five. Ninety five. Ninety five maybe high. Maybe eighty five, but ninety five would be my, my Schwab, goal. if he hits that, we're winning the division. Nikki, what was your prediction for us doing this year? Well, I, I won't. No, 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 no. What did you have us do this I, year? I said we were going to win the division. Oh, okay. Thank you. But that was, I mean, that, that's aggressive <coughs> for Andy. But fair. All right. You had one more question, JT? I before did. we close this thing out. Last question. Did you forget Is the our question? discipline. <laughs> so you're taking a break here. Is our discipline. No, I wanted to give it a little bit of a pause. To... <laughs> Is pause our discipline at the plate going to change? All right. No. Or I, is I... this was just what we're stuck with? Because I am so tired of watching sliders that start on the outer third of the plate that end up on like four to five inches outside being swung at. I'm so sick of it. And it's not one person. It's a lot of people. So I, I think who the Sox are as players are are who they are. Like I don't think you're gonna get dramatic turns. Now the hope is Ben Attendi, Mancada, Grandal, you know, to a certain extent Andy, um, they help their ability to take pitches, their ability to grind at bats helps the team get pitchers into deeper pitch counts and things of that nature. But you know, Timmy's not going to suddenly become a guy who's walking 100, 100 times. Luis is not going to be a guy who's suddenly working counts of three and two constantly. Um, you know, who they are is who they are. Your hope is that Yasmani, Benatendi, Yo, those guys are working counts, getting you into advantageous positions, whether it's getting relievers into higher pitch counts, uh, stars into higher totals. Getting walks, things of that nature. I don't think you're going to see a, a wholesale change because, you know, Timmy, Timmy's been in the league for how many years? Seven? Seven. He's 29. He's seven. 29. You know, seven. Timmy's not suddenly going to change his profile. He's not going to be a guy who's who's drawing walks. He's who's, he's, tro- he's been more patient since the year. Better. But, but he's better. Do you think the way he's, he, do you think the way he's been patient has helped him as a hitter? Because I don't. I almost think it hurts him. 
Because I think he... Yeah, I think I think in a lot of chances, he was better when he was jumping early in the count. Correct. Yeah. So, but, I mean, yeah. I, and I think, I think he's trying to take on the role as a leadoff hitter. And I hit leadoff. Not that major league comparison is anything to different. high school comparison. Yeah. But when you bat leadoff, your job is literally to take pitches and to and to draw a big pitch at bat. And so if I grounded out, but I took seven pitches off the guy as a leadoff hitter, I almost looked at it, at that as a win. Right, you did your job. Like, I did my job. Yeah. But I, Timmy's job is to hit the ball into the gaps and get on base and steal bases. And going back to it, I think he's going <laughs> to steal 40 bases. Yeah, I mean, I you know I I agree with you. I don't I don't think it's necessarily been a positive for you for him, um, but I you know again I don't I don't think you're gonna see great changes. I think Timmy I think Timmy's done this the last couple of years where he started off the year trying to be more patient. He's drawn more walks than you know you would expect, and then the numbers start to even out to his career norms. Um, but I think I think he, I think it's been a couple last couple of years at least where he's. Kind of tr- it seemed like he has made the effort to draw more pitches early in the year, um, but as the season goes, he starts you know he falls back to his his typical numbers. All right, here's where I see a problem, gentlemen. I I like that you brought this up, JT. I'm gonna list you guys five players, everyday players that don't walk at all. Tim, we agree doesn't walk, right? Luis. Does not walk. Elvis doesn't walk. Oscar, he doesn't walk. I know we've we've seen very few at bats of him, but if you look at his numbers, he doesn't no, walk. Even in the minor leagues, he doesn't walk. Aloy doesn't walk. That's well, five. What worries me is you got that's five. You got that's five three, out of nine. You got three of our three best hitters on that list. Yeah. That's five out of nine, okay? And so that means when you got a guy that throws a slider at the middle of the plate that ends two inches outside, they're swinging at it. So, And then we got Vaughn in the middle. He doesn't walk that much. No, but, he doesn't. He, but he walks but more I will than tell you what, guys. he will get much better this year. And then I'm going to go from least to most. Ben Attendee. That's why. So Schwab made the best point. This season rests on three players' hands. Yohan Mankata. Yasmani Grandal and Ben Attendi. That's it. Because those are the three guys that we need the walks from. And you said it, Schwab. We need the walks. It's that's when you can get on base without having to get a hit, it's so much easier to score runs. I mean, it's just it's simple math. Because you only get a hit you get a hit, what, twenty five percent of the time? I mean, and that's why the home runs become such a bigger part of the game because it's so it's so hard to string together hits, string together, you know, guys getting on base, whether it be a walk, via walk or via hit. So that power is needed to push runs across the plate. So I I don't know. For me, it comes down to those lefties. That's what we didn't we didn't have the production last year from those guys. It's. So the rule change we didn't talk about, and I'm going to just touch on briefly, <coughs> is the shift. I think the shift is most important for Ben Attendee. Uh, I'm sorry. 
take that back. Not for Benetton. The shift's most important for Yaz and Yo. And it's going to play into their confidence. And I see big things. I mean, I think we see I already it see it games. in Yo. Yeah, it's the confidence. I mean, he's had three or four hits through the second baseman and first baseman that would have gotten taken away last year. And I think it frees him up to go to left center, to go to right center. And just to take a good swing at the ball, hit it hard. That's why and not get screwed when he hits it on the nuts. <laughs> and that, he, you know, hits it right at someone. That JT, that's why he's my MVP. And that's why I threw some cash down. So, gentlemen, thanks for coming over tonight. What do we had I, it took a while to get together. I'm happy we finally made it happen. But you know, going forward, we're gonna do this weekly. We're gonna get a strap it down podcast going. Hopefully you guys can join us to listen every week. Schwab, JT, any last remarks before we sign off for the night? I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, and give a shout-out to my good friend, Jose Ruiz. Um, for those of you <laughs> who listen to the podcast... Yeah, can we not celebrate for, the fact that those, Jose Ruiz... And for Lou, those of you who listened to the podcast last year, uh, you heard my three least favorite members of the White Sox were uh, consistently a man by the name of Larry Garcia. Uh, a man that I refer to lovingly as TLR. And, of course, Jose Ruiz, um, who anytime we brought him in in any situation that was not a seven-plus run uh, game, either way, uh, I felt was a uh, a misuse of Jose's uh, limited skills. Um, So to see Jose Lee finally brought great joy to my face. And today when they brought up the the guy who pitched – he pitched, he pitched two scoreless innings said, and then left who, him in for the third. And who the hell shot. is this man? And Nikki's like, well, this is who they brought in for Jose Ruiz. I said, well, that's fantastic. Anyone, uh, anyone else. Anyone, anyone but Jose. Do you know why they brought him up? Because he could throw more than one inning. Correct. Like, Grafal is, is, is already freaking out about how the season is going to go. We didn't even talk about Pedro. Star- none of his starters... All right, so let's do a segment on Pedro before we end. No, we, we, we're, we're wrapping up. I want one sentence on Pedro from you. Jay-Z. Oh, boy. Man, Tui's got, Tui's got a story. I got to cut him off. Story we're, time we're with JT, We're at an hour man. and 20. Story time hour with JT. Hour and 20 recording. We got plenty of time to cut it down. <laughs> Tui's going to slice All right, dice. JT, give me just final thoughts for the night. I'll talk more about, you, I, Pedro, I, about I, Jose listen, next week for all I, you I passed it to Schwab. Jose. I said Schwab. Give me your final thoughts. He wanted a Ruiz, and you know he's been waiting like three years for that, and now <laughs> easily JT. Well, you I've got been waiting. Pedro. I've been waiting three you years. You got Pedro Lurry to get DFA. Oh, all right. I cannot right. tell you. Lurry got DFA'd. I won my March Madness bracket pool before the Final Four even you, started. You guys took uh, San Diego State or what? I took UConn in one and uh, no, won, I just, won myself a nice six uh No, one, no one had anything in the Final Four, and my first four rounds were just so good that I won. Won like 1200 bucks. I mean, that's... A beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Good, you could pay me for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pedro Grafal. We didn't know about him coming into the season. And I'm sitting at my friend's house the other night, and apparently his girlfriend played soccer with Grafal's daughter growing up. <laughs> you, you, yeah. 
Hey, so my <laughs> brother's sister's barber's no, dog's a, uncle. I, no, this is a real story. My my best friend, this will be the best man in my wedding if I ever do end up getting married. Le- legs, this is, you know Pedro? You, you, got, you got a daughter who plays his, Pedro? His girlfriend played soccer with Grafal's daughter growing up. And Pedro is... Apparently never around. So oh, he shows baseball because, in Kansas yeah, City. Because he, he's coached for Probably what, 25 true. years straight? I'll take that. I mean, if he's... So if he, he shows up He shows up for the soccer tournament, and his daughter has a <laughs> cast on her left arm because she broke her wrist or something. And they won't let her pe- play with the cast on her arm because it's too hard. He says, come over here. Takes a knife out of his pocket, cuts the... Cast off a wrist and says, "Get out there!" Oh, I like that. My kind of guy. Not, I like that. If there's if, if there's something that you want to hear as a White Sox fan, if and, and that's not it, I don't know what type of White Sox fan. You My are. kind of guy. Like, yeah, that mean, is that is a Southside attitude. That's how the White Sox play baseball, or at least the, how we want them to play baseball, you, <laughs> and. You know what? I fucking love it. Cut the and cast. I, I, it's a step in the right direction. Yoan no longer has sore legs after. <laughs> Cut the cast. Wow. Burn the boats. Let's fucking play some baseball. All right, gentlemen. 2023 White Sox. Last year, 81 and 81. Tui, you said it. Coming 90 into wins. Tonight. No, you said this resonated a little bit. Schwab, you said it too. You've never been more disappointed not, maybe not disappointed, but more just un, not excited to go to another baseball season, to go into a baseball season this yeah, year. Yeah, I would call it indifferent, maybe. Indi- yeah, indifferent is the perfect word. So we got to turn that around. We what What the nerds are not taking into account is the fact that we have a new manager. Because Tony La Russa, to me, is worth 10 games. He's worth five games, five Five wins, five losses. That's 10. And that's going to be the difference in my prediction. So, gentlemen, thanks for joining tonight. It was a blast. We made it happen. We we had a lot of work to do. We got some... We, we had some fun. Unfortunately, we missed DJP, the fourth member of the pod. He'll be back next week. We need him. I think he completes the the squad here. So you know, hopefully he'll. Listen. I think I think Mush is crucially important <laughs> to this podcast because. But he's gonna have a kid in a week, so you know he he might not be back for a while. We'll we'll see. We'll get him on. He is important, like you said, JT. So anyway, thanks for listening. We'll we'll be back next week, and hopefully it's coming off. A week in Minnesota where we're gonna take the series. I we're, mean, let's let's win out. the next two against the Pirates. I would lo- I would have loved to sweep this weekend. Obviously, not gonna get it after giving up seven home runs today. But we need to win the next two against the Pirates, and then what about a sweep of the Twins? Come on, yeah, let's win the next five. We're gonna take two in Pittsburgh. Throw a little then... five-game winning streak and come in next Thursday, and finally, for the first time in this podcast's history. Come in off a positive note as opposed to a negative. I, I like where your head's at, JT. Schwabi, thanks for joining. JT, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. See ya.